This is The Sean Pru Show on Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. Happy Summer of Yes to you. I hope you're having a wonderful summer. I want to warn you, if you're participating in Summer of Yes with us, saying yes to summer may, can, might, could, will cause all of you to look at aspects of your life differently, possibly uh, to say no or even uh, get away to all of your life as you knew it before. There is no turning back. When you say Summer of Yes, your life is going to change uh, in miraculous ways even though it may not go as you anticipated. Also part of saying yes is uh, yes to taking care of your health. And sometimes um, you have to. (laughs) It isn't about just getting uh, weight loss or a fit or eating better. Sometimes you're struck uh, with an illness like my guest, my and, and full transparency, a very good friend of mine, Eric Deku, is here. And you will remember him from last Summer of Yes's programming. Um, I want to start by saying hello. Hi. I want to start by saying you look great. Thank you, you too. Thank you. I want you to tell the listener in like the Reader's Digest version, you've been going through something for a while, but what? Tell us. So I've been dealing with uh, chronic inflammatory demyelinating polyneuropathy. Oh, that one. Yeah. Oh, that little one. Short form is CIDP. Basically, my immune system is uh, eating away my myelin sheath around my nervous system. And the myelin sheath around your nervous system does what? So that expo- So the myelin sheath protects all of your nerves. Mm-hmm. So mine is basically eating away. And this so- is why you're sore all the time or you're in pain That's all the right. time. Oh, my God. That's right. It took a long time for you to discover this. Uh, about a year. I remember visiting you in the hospital and they were changing yep. your blood out. Yes. Um, you were with us last summer. Mm-hmm. We have a clip. The main thing for me, I go through ups and downs. Of course. Um, I try to stay up as much as I can. Yep. So I do... Are you up now? I, I'm feeling pretty good today. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's taken a real charge on my life. Of course and it has. I used to be active and social and... Um, I would say the first couple months, uh, it took a lot out of me. Mentally, I tried to stay focused about my treatments, what I was going through. It's a condition that not many people know about, um, and there's not a lot of research out there. You were on because um, you had done so well at that point, um, and you felt that attitude, positive thinking, keeping high vibe things and people and everything in your life up had been part of the success you were having. And this is what we speak to and offer listeners all the time here on the Sean Pru Show. In all the work I do, that's what I try and put forth. So you were a perfect guest. And you're also a perfect guest to come back because then it all went to hell in a handbasket. But you're back in that yes zone. And if you're not, you're, you're on the wrong show. No. Yeah. But... but, but Everyone listening to this has gone out and faced a challenge and said yes and done it and then fallen on their face. I'm not saying you fell on your face, but it must have felt like that. Yeah, it did. Uh, I went through, like I said last time, I went through a lot of ups and downs, but I was kind of on a good steady pace where everything was going right. And I started to get a little bit of mobility back Mm -hmm. and the small little things meant so much to me. Mm -hmm. And I think we take advantage of so many of the little things in life. And so when we I take for granted, you yeah, mean? take yeah, for yeah, granted. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and as I started getting the smaller motor skills back, I really started to think, okay, I can do better. 
I can do more. But I really have to pace myself because if I do too much, I'm going to then get set back. So you weren't paying attention and saying, I've, I've got these small things that's and right. I'm going to be okay with that for a while. You're like, well, now I'm like, well, that's human behavior. Yeah, God it is. Damn you for being a human being. I know. <laughs> and that's my personality too, is I always want to do more. I always want to push more. it to the next, the next level. Yeah. But luckily I have a very supportive husband who's been basically saying to me, hold back, take it easy, go slow and pace yourself. And, and hats off to your, your husband and, and to all caregivers listening to this because I've, I've done a bit of caregiving this year myself for a month and it is tough to watch someone you love in pain or in illness. It is tough work. It, it t- takes up and is all consuming. So shout out to caregivers professionally and non-professionally. And he's such a caregiver, your husband, that you're supposed to be here a week ago. And, yeah. and we got an email. I got an email in the evening before. Nope, not coming, not allowing it. And so how has how, how would you say to people listening to this, okay, so you were up and then you had a big down, Yeah. but you're back up. And that's the hard part because people go down again and they can't get up because they did it once already and they don't, what did you do? What's your secret? I think for me, I just took charge of my illness. So although doctors were saying, do this, do this, do this, mm-hmm. I went out and researched different treatments. I went out and researched different drugs and uh, I had to really take charge of it. And that kept my mind busy because I, as you go down, your mental capacity, like you think about everything, mm-hmm. and, you know, you think, oh, I can't brush my teeth anymore yeah. or something like that. So it really brought me up. Uh, I think uh, as well here in Canada, this shows heard across North America, but start with Canada. We've had health care or we have very good health care. And so we're used to just sort of going in and following the protocol, the procedure, whatever the doctor says. In the States, I know that you guys have to take a lot more control of your health and be advocates more than, 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 than we have had to. But you have to be your own advocate. You can't leave your health in someone else's hands. And, and I guess when you're sick, I'm putting myself in your shoes, Eric. You're lying there. You're in your own head a long time. A lot of thoughts. Yeah. And uh, not, not always good thoughts. We have over, uh, on average, 60,000 thoughts a day, each of us. Hmm, what percentage of yours were about um, what what percentage were a pity party? Uh, I would worst? say about 80%. 80%. And what percentage of those were noticing what was already manifested like, oh, I can't brush my teeth. Like, you know, acerbating or putting focus on it. A very small amount. Okay. Um, I just, everything was a defeat for me. So I guess because we're powerful focusing mechanisms, when you decided uh, to start looking at what was going on with you, taking charge, researching, calls, when you're doing that thought, you can't do the other thoughts. That's right. Yeah. So just the positivity and you know, reaching forward to connecting with another treatment center and them putting me onto someone else and somewhere closer for me so that I didn't have to travel so far because traveling does take a lot out of me. So that just, it just helped me. And those small little connections I felt like were major things and I accomplished. And when my husband would come home, I'd be like, look, I found a clinic in Canada. I found a clinic in Vancouver Mm -hmm. who then sent me to a clinic 
in Sudbury. Yeah. And that's where I'm receiving my private treatment right now. Yes, and you just flew home from Sudbury yeah. last week. Yeah, last week I had my second treatment. Um, and you, you look great. I mean, I ran into him at my UPS, believe it or not, when that's the first time I've seen you in a while. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is going on with you? Yeah. Um, so I did a non-conventional therapy yes. that's not scientifically proven here in Canada. Um, so kind of against my doctor's recommendation. But when I came back, he said to me, let's not worry about the science right now. Let's worry about, let's look at what you're doing now. Yeah. I, could, I could stand on one foot. I could walk. I could, you know, I got those small, uh, well, they're big things in life, but I got them back. Yes. Congratulations. Like, I have so much respect for you. <laughs> I've, I've not seen all that you've gone through, but I've known you as long as you're going through it. And I've been privy to, to a vast amount of it. And you've come so far, Eric. And your friends love you, and we're all championing you. And it's really nice to see you in Thanks. this vibrant place. And I think, um, I think, oh, I know this. When you're feeling, as you said, those those moments of, of victory, look, I found a place in Canada that's a clinic. That's a different vibe than, I can't brush my teeth. And when you're vibrating up here, that's when you rendezvous with solution, with inspiration, with idea, with a person, with with answers, with 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 the phone call made at the right time, with the person at the other end picking it up, just who you needed to talk to, with the inspiration to look at some, something up online, and there it is when you're up there. So it kind of creates this manifestation. And has that been the case for you? I get excited about this stuff. Sorry, <laughs> it's absolutely right. And uh, when I found the treatment that I wanted to pursue, um, it's not covered. It's very expensive. Uh, so my husband said, "Put it on, put it on Facebook." Like everyone does a little fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Like miraculously, 155 people donated, and I had $10,000 ready to go to that treatment. Wow. And I was in the clinic the week, the next week. So, it's summer of yes, this is an extraordinary yes. I mean, some of you are just going to say yes to taking a different route home from work, and that's great, and not having sushi every Monday, and that's great. But there are people out, you, out there who are listening to this who are facing enormous challenges, and I just want to say thank you because if you are able to change things others can too and that's the point of saying yes um you, t- you teach a valuable lesson by coming in and being here and you look amazing i'm so happy thank to you. see you thank you eric what was the one thing you would say to people who are now going to go and say i'm going to take some control of the situation this problem my health whatever i would say just take it into your own hands and be positive as much as you can because those little tiny bits of positivity radiate and they become something magical we're taking you somewhere magical on the shampoo show and i hope that you are having a great summer we'll be right back after these messages The Sean Prue Show on Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. 
Happy Summer of Yes to you, of course. Uh, if you've been following this trend, this movement, this thing I do every summer, you know that uh, a few years ago I decided to say yes to all things that came my way. Nothing dangerous, illegal, or humiliating. Um, but anything else is fair game. Invitations, ideas, inspirations, people, uh, anything that came my way. It has transformed my life, and so I'm so happy to be back with you this summer. Happy summer to you. Happy summer of yes. And I know that for you, a lot of you anyway, it means traveling. And for a lot of you, it means shaking things up. And travel and shaking things up also means uh, you know, a, a new vantage point, a new opportunity to look at things differently. And I felt that so strongly at a place that I stayed in that I wanted to thank it and I wanted to share it uh, because it was a wonderful, wonderful stay in April. I was in Chicago. And if you know me, Chicago, Toronto and Chicago are sister cities. This show is based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So we're sister, sister cities. I love the city of Chicago. So shout out to the Chicagoians listening to this uh, right now. And I stayed at this hotel. It is it is a um, icon in the city called the Blackstone Hotel. I'd never been. I've been to Chicago many, many times. And I was so enthralled, so enchanted, so everything with it that I invited Pierre-Louis Jacoteau, who is the general manager of the Blackstone Hotel, on because if nothing else, you'll take inspiration from this conversation to seek out things that delight your eyes, delight your senses, and just delight you this summer the way this hotel delighted me and I'm I'm well I'm 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 so excited I don't have any words I loved this experience of this hotel so much Pierre Louis Jacoteau how are you today I'm doing great Sean how about you thanks for uh, having me Absolutely well I mean do you remember me at all do you remember me you, yes. you, you yeah. <laughs> Yes I do <laughs> In a good way in a good, in a good way, way. Well, so okay. so I I had the opportunity to meet you, and I um, you you took me around this beautiful. I'm going to backtrack into the lobby in a minute, but but by the elevators, there's a beautiful kind of curio cabinet, I would call it, and you can mm-hmm. look into things from either sides. And you took me around, and you were pointing out um, all kinds of things that your team has meticulously. Um, uh, found on eBay and through other fun sources because the history of the hotel in Chicago goes back. You've had 12 presidents stay there, correct? That's correct, so, yeah. So and what, I, what you're referring to is the Hutch. The we Hutch. Call it the Hutch. The Hutch. Hutch. The yes. Hutch. Uh, so, so this Hutch is filled with all kinds of wonderful things. And at the time, yeah. I'd had a cocktail, and, and, and some of the wine in the cocktail or whatever was in the cocktail was served out of um, a beautiful sterling silver bowl. And Correct. that was nicked from the hotel. I can't imagine people nicking things from yeah. the hotel. So, the, you know, the, as you mentioned and you referred to, this hotel has a lot of history. And uh, one of these histories, this punch bowl that you're referring to, which is a beautiful uh, stain, uh, sterling silver punch bowl, that we use currently and actually this punch bowl belonged to the hotel and uh, disappeared one day uh, <laughs> during a wedding and we're talking in maybe 1920s 30s i'm not sure exactly the date that it disappeared you were the manager then 
I'm sorry. You weren't the manager then? No, I was not. No, no. <laughs> um, but somehow uh, the family of the people that had this punch bowl um, decided to return it to us um, a couple of years ago, I believe, and it came back to us as a, as a new loom that, uh, that made its way back to the hotel, and we're actually currently using it, as you said, uh, in our Timothy's Hutch, which is the, the hub of the hotel in the middle of the lobby where we serve some craft cocktails along with with some jazz musicians in the lobby, and and that's one of the many. Um, I shouldn't say many. Some of the several pieces that we have a, we have been able to collect. Um, in that hutch, we also have a few pieces. Like I found some china uh, belonging that used to belong to the restaurant, or a, a clothes hanger that used to be in the hotel in the 1910 when it opened. Um, I found some. Uh, um, uh, hat, uh, the pins hat, you know those little ha- the pins, hat pins that the I remember you pointed that out. In their hat. Um, uh, one of the holder to put these pins on where you put them on your dresser. It's a little china, uh, made of china, and then this little uh, pin holder. Um, and then the, the last piece I just acquired, which actually uh, was still at the hotel, which I haven't shown you, but I just have it in my office, is actually an original uh, plate uh, from the door with a door uh, knob. And oh. the doorknob is really intricate. It has the, the the rooster that you've seen around the lobby. So very exciting to find some new uh, some new items like this. So if any of your listeners have any of them, please feel free to contact me. I'd love to have them here. So it was such a charming thing, and this is this is why I, I I'm going to backtrack out a bit. People might be listening. So why are you talking about hotels, Sean? I'm if. It, People, a fetish is described as something that really turns you on in some way. And it could be socks with little rubber duckies on it. It could be something more sexual. Well, you know what one of my fetishes is? It's a good hotel with a beautiful lobby. Hotel lobbies, to me, are like porn. I love a beautiful hotel lobby. It, I, I go crazy over it. I've pitched TV shows where I would travel the world so I could see... Um, lobbies of hotels. That's how much mm-hmm. I love a hotel lobby. I'm not, I love your lobby so much because, and I understand that you're part of um, a chain of hotels that is called the Autograph Collection. And, and so each hotel um, has, a, has risen to create something that's very special and unique. And this is, this is why I appreciate it so much that people are still not understanding. Think about the hotels that you go into where you just know that it's been done on a safe, for the masses level. And what happens when, when you're in that hotel, now you're on vacation and stuff and you're meeting people or whatever there, what happens is that it's dull. It doesn't, it passes the, a bar or whatever, but the autograph collection of hotels and, and, and yours, the Blackstone, it really elevates the bar. So that means risk. That means a strong point of view, that means humor, and that means skill. And when you walk into this lobby that, that, that you could even, if you're in Canada, you would even imagine one of those big old bank buildings, like just a great big deco time period uh, a bank building in the lobby, like lots of marble and ornateness. But then in the center, and it's divided into little sitting areas, it's got all kinds of, um, of Things you wouldn't put together, mishmash. You've got right. you've got feathers. You've got um, gold gilded things. Uh, you, you've got wood. You've got leather. You have plush. 
And you've got fireplaces, you've got chandeliers, you've got funky lamps, you've got a big gold table, and it's just mind-blowingly beautiful. And, and I'm so enthusiastic. And I will let you speak in a minute, sir. <laughs> I will let you speak in a minute, <laughs> sir. I'm listening. I'm listening. I, I took a video before I left because I will always stay at your hotel when I'm in Chicago now because I, I, I love it so much. I um, took a video of when I left. So if you're listening to this, go to facebook.com backslash official Sean Prue. And it's about four minutes long. And I just pan around one more time. I did it for myself. But I'm going to put it up on when we air this show. So if you're listening, it's up now. Um, look at it. You'll see. Anyway, sir, it's your turn to speak. What do you say about all that? <laughs> well, I think you've, you've, you've very basically touched on everything. The only missing piece, so the only thing I would add is that we also have art, a lot of art pieces uh, in the lobby that add to this uh, juxtaposition of modern and historic um, uh, pieces. And the, the artwork is actually all curated here at the hotel. And we have about, within the hotel, about 1,600 pieces of art, um, some very unique ones, uh, and some that are uh, from local artists for the most part. We have a few that are not lo necessarily local, but a lot of them are local artists. And the lobby especially has um, a mashup of, of different art uh, on one of the wall, and then we have a ledge that has also a mashup of art, uh, art pieces. Um, most of them are for sale. Some of them are actually permanently here. So that would be the only addition I would add to this, um, this wonderful description that you had of the lobby. But Thank you. I mean, um, go ahead. Very unique. When I checked in, my room wasn't ready, and I thought, well, I don't care if there's a room ready. I'll sleep right here. People can step <laughs> over me for all I care. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. But um, I uh, then, then because as I've said, like, so now I'm a, I'm a bit of a hotel ho. And so um, I got more of a tour. There's, there's tours that you can take inside this hotel, by the way, listener. Um, and this is what I'm saying about some of you. Seek this out. Seek out the experiences around you that are allowing you to get as enthusiastic as I am about this. But you can take tours of different um, rooms and areas of the hotel, so naturally sign me up. And so we went on this, this um, tour, and there are rooms where there have been political moments in history where they've taken they've taken place in some of those rooms there, there there's there the the general room set up in the hotel is very modern chic um black white um uh tasteful but still again uh with the idea of go, raising the bar and i had a beautiful room a lake view uh and, and it's extraordinary it's a wonderful place to stay but on the lower levels, I think it was the second or third floor, right? You have these other rooms. Can you tell us more about those? Sure. So we have a, a couple that I want to mention. One is, of course, our crystal ballroom. I mean, the ballroom is actually pretty unique in Chicago. It's a very art, um, very uh, bizarre type of uh, look, very ornate, you know, in terms of the, the plaster work and all this. But it's very white as, as a color, which means that any color you project on it really stands out. And it has beautiful balcony, beautiful bay windows overlooking the park. And it, it, it's, a, it's a ballroom that actually was the host of many, um, many events, even um, some famous uh, you know, uh, people actually have spoken here and had dinners and galas here. The other room that I think you're mentioning uh, about is the, what we call the barber shop, which used to be um, the barber shop, uh, an actual barber shop, uh, up until the hotel reopened. And it's now a meeting room, but it was kept 
pretty much in its original version with the marbles and the columns and all this. But the, the story behind it is that Al Capone, uh, the infamous Al Capone in Chicago, used to come and get his hair cut here. Mm. Uh, even I sat in that chair. <laughs> you Felt a little devious chair, while yes. I was there, yes. Yeah, and the story is that he, he used to have a little uh, hideaway for his... Um, for all his alcohol, and uh, and also for himself at some point, I guess, the hotel hit him um, during a raid. So um, stories like this. We have another room called the English Room. Uh, this was uh, imported from England. Um, complete, all the woodwork, all the, all the plaster work was recreated, but all the woodwork came from England. It's a beautiful, beautiful room. Um, and then we have um, another art hall, which is kind of a... Uh, again, a very bizarre type of look uh, with all the art, some art uh, exposed here that also is for sale. But again, very much in the tradition of the Beaux-Arts uh, movement that happened during this, uh, the opening of the, of the hotel at the time in 1910. Uh, can I ask you a question about the Crystal Ballroom? Yes. Do you have to be a psychic to stay there? <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> well, we don't. You can't really stay there. We actually, we never had anybody stay there. But maybe that's an idea. That's a good idea of a package. But no. we do a lot of weddings. Obviously, a lot of we do over fifty weddings a year here. Okay, but you don't and have to be psychic to get married filming, there. <laughs> you know, uh, I think the interesting part is we also have been site site for filming and. One of the film that was uh, filmed here in the ballroom is The Untouchables. Mm. And for your listeners, if you've ever seen the baseball bat scene at the end or at some point, there's a, a baseball bat scene and it was actually filmed in, the, in this ballroom. Whether it happened here, I could not tell you for a fact, but uh, in the story, it did happen here. So, it, and many other movies have been filmed here. It's such a beautiful room for a wedding that I actually yeah, asked a man gorgeous. that I was with to marry me. Yeah. He was straight and not interested, but it was so inspiring that I did that. <laughs> and if you're, if you guys are on my Instagram, Sean Media Inc., um, scroll down a bit, and there's a shot of me in that room, and you're going to get a little bit of a taste of how how, how beautiful it is. I want to say. Um, that your staff is um, exceptional as well. And shout out to Eric. You see, that's how exceptional your staff is. I still remember his name. Who wow. was... Eric. No, no, you, you got it right. Eric it's at Eric. the front desk. Eric at the front yeah. desk yeah. Um, mm -hmm. learned my name, which is not the easiest name. Everyone fouls it up. He wanted to know how to spell it properly. He wanted to know how to say it properly. And he said it properly for the five nights I was there. And, and, and also once my Louis Vuitton bags, you can tell them the answer is still no. <laughs> but I, okay, I'll make sure you know. Give him that no, message. You, you, you mentioned him because that's, that's one of the things in the hotel industry we try to pride ourselves is, uh, is the staff and the welcoming and, and uh, you know, welcoming people in our home, if you will. Uh, that's what hospitality is all about. So I, I don't I'm remember the names of the other fun. people, but I, I actually remember their faces and I travel a lot. And, um, yeah, and, and so to say that... Um, you've made a very strong impression on me. And certainly, listeners, if you're visiting Chicago, certainly Blackstone Hotel, please don't, don't deny yourself this experience. The prices are very reasonable as well, I think. And then um, lastly, I just think if you're listening to this and you've heard my excitement and enthusiasm and, and even heard uh, how uh, Pierre has described some of the, the treasures within the hotel, 
there's whatever city you're in and wherever you are, there's treasures, there's things to explore. Um, maybe you can't afford to go to Chicago. Maybe you're just in your and you're doing staycations with your family. You, your home is can, is filled with treasures as well. Nothing like the Blackstone, I can tell you that. But, but hear me now, and, and I'm just saying, get out there and explore. Because if you say yes to anything this summer, I was invigorated by your hotel. I was inspired by your hotel. Your hotel rose up to lift me when I walked in there. And I want to say thank you for your hospitality and thank you for coming on my show. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Sean, and have a great summer as well. Thank Appreciate you so it. much. See you next time I'm in Chicago. The Sean Proust Show continues here on SiriusXM, Canada Talk Channel 167. It is the summer of yes. The Sean Prue Show on Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. Welcome back. Summer of Yes, well underway here on the Sean Prue Show. And I've been saying yes, am saying yes, will continue to say yes all the way through the summer because I found that saying yes brings more good things into your life. And I said yes to something that I didn't think I'd ever say yes to, which was having someone come in and tell me what to do with my home. My home. Uh, And it goes like this. I uh, bought a mural from the Fine and Dandy Company. And sitting here with me right now is Shelley Weinreb, Chief Creative Officer. And we have Jill Steinberg with us as well. She is uh, the Chief Operating Officer and also a compulsive home rearranger. And so I bought this beautiful mural from you. And it's hot pink, bright pink, neon pink kind of tones am i correct that is i've correct. got the right that is correct but it is an old scene of of, of toronto uh, a street called wellington street and it's just beautiful and it looks amazing now i'm stupid so i had this mural go up where my couch is so that i would have my back to the mural and so that was a little problem and they decided to come in and just do some measurements and see if we could change things around a little bit Nine and a half hours later. <laughs> and it was one of those weird mornings because I, uh, I had a meeting. It came early. I jumped in the shower late. And when they arrived at my door, I'm literally like in a towel. So uh, I'll hand it over to you. Let's talk about how good I look in the towel. Fantastic. Oh, you look amazing. So there's water everywhere. I'm in a towel. I throw some clothes on. And out I come. And I really think you're there for 10 minutes to rearrange, to, to, to take measurements. But in the end... You ended up rearranging my home. Yes, that's correct. And, 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 and Jill, you've been in to deliver the, the mural, and you were looking around, and you're like, that's got to go, that's got to go. <laughs> Sorry. That's true, I did say that. So I, let, let's start there. You, you had uh, seen that you felt uh, the way I had things arranged was ne pas. Uh, yeah, I mean... You can you, be honest. Be as brutally honest <laughs> as well, you were I saw, my home. Dude, I, saw the, I saw the area where you... You wanted the mural uh, installed. Mm. Looked amazing. Yes. Like that was the place it needed to go. Yep. It was right outside your kitchen, mm-hmm. which was your dining room, except you had a sofa there. I don't. I backing haven't eaten since 1972, so I don't need a dining room. <laughs> so I just thought, you're not even seeing it or enjoying it. Mm. What if we decided to move everything around? And have your sofa on the opposite wall, so you're actually in your living area, facing the mural where you could enjoy it. There's nothing 
blocking it or hiding it. And it just really opened up your space and made it feel much larger and just, I think, changed the energy in the room. It changed the energy in the room, but it also changed the energy in my life. And, and to backtrack a minute, when uh, I had a marriage for eight years that ended, and when it ended, I had a, a belief for several months that it wasn't going to end. And so I, I, my husband had moved out, and I kept the home the way it was, thinking he was coming back, and I didn't want to change anything. And then after that was not going to happen, I sat with it for a while because I wanted to see, well, what do I want to do with this place now? And eventually I got involved with somebody else and was up at his place all the time. And then we moved in together for a brief period of time, and his stuff came in. Then that didn't work out because I can't keep a man. And, and, and out it went. And so since for the last year, I've been really, um, and my home is so important to me, and I know it's important to everybody, but uh, I just have not been satisfied to the point of not being able to put into words how much I was not loving my home. And I've always loved my home, and I work from home. And so it was really playing a number on me. And what you did was you helped me get into a new space with my home. We ha I've, it's only been a week since you've been there. And it feels so right for the first time in three years. That's amazing. So I thank you. I'm really I happy thank to you. hear that. Well, yeah, it, it's, and people underestimate the home and, the, and, and how important it is, Shelley. Yes. Um, actually, it's interesting because we had a similar experience in our own home just before we came to your home. And um, we had a... Jill came in and changed everything. No, but she <laughs> Not has... Not this time. Not, Not this time. time. Okay. She has done that before, and I have a Many story about that before. as well. Um, but we had a similar experience where a cleaner came into our home and unbeknownst to me she's also an organizer and uh, does content sales and estate sales mm -hmm. and we left her to her, her own devices and went out of town for the day and came home and everything had been moved around and my first instinct was <gasps> mine too <gasps> I, I have to put it back right mm -hmm, away mm -hmm. and then I looked around and I walked through it and it was there was the energy was it was so open she had taken out a um, hundred year old rug that's been in my family and that was my first instinct was where's the rug mm. but now i'm like oh i don't care where the rug is because we even have that saying if it's not beautiful or practical throw it out and so that was beautiful to you because it's been in your family for 100 years right. so so jill but when when you hear that story and the the, the cleaner had put it to the side yeah. how do you do you believe in that saying uh, if it's beautiful or practical keep it um well, yes. I mean, in, in, in Shelley's case, I, I was just at her house and I, I saw the room without the rug. And I love the rug. It's beautiful. But I thought, at least for the summer, like, Got it. if it's a nice change, it felt lighter. I mean, she can put the rug back in. I don't think she's necessarily not going to ever have the rug in her room. Mm. But just as a different feeling, especially, you know, just changing it up a bit, I think, is, is a nice change. But it's not like... I think she needs to get rid of the rug. It's a stunning rug. I'd be upset with her if she got rid of it. But it's just putting be things... Be willing to put it aside yes. for a hot minute. Well, it's also just, you know, reimagining your home in ways where you're not necessarily buying new things. You're looking at what you have, thinking about how you can use it in a different way, in a different room for a different purpose, 
and it's a good way to kind of change the energy in your house have it look different and just you know just moving things around shuffling things around really does give it a refresh and, and we were talking about this uh, people uh, listening might have been thinking oh, i've got to go buy new things buy new things buy new things you don't have to it's just moving stuff around or editing because i've got a lot of stuff <laughs> so they were like i have an office in my apartment and so all of this stuff is now in the office that you thought has to sort of like go well i also think you know for now like, for now. For fill, now. Fill your home with things that you love, mm. that are personal to you. And if there are things that are in your house that you don't love. Or that Jill doesn't love. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I really, I really believe that. And I'm doing that also in my house, redoing everything. I mean, Shelly and I are both in the process of wanting to put certain wallpapers and murals from your wonderful company, Fine and Dandy. Yeah, so we're trying to kind of we're trying to get the rooms ready to to have those installed, and I'm in the process right now of redoing my daughter's room because I even feel like you know kids also are very influenced by the space around them. Not only you know in the home they share with their family, but their own personal space that. You know, and as they get older, they they want some change as well, and I think it's really healthy. You look like you want to say something, well, Shelley. Back to your point about not having to spend too much money. Yes. There, there's something really nice about uh, not spending a dime and getting a whole new look, and it's almost like the feeling of shopping in your own home. That's a good one. Like walk around, go from room to shopping room, shopping in your and own shop. home. Sean. And you were picking around. You were in my bedroom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> my unmade bed. <laughs> there were things in your bedroom that, your bedroom is absolutely beautiful, um, but there are things in there Spend that... a lot of time there. <laughs> <laughs> but there are things that are in your bedroom that could be out in the living room and they could be seen. Like that man? <laughs> like that man in the... Yes, under the bed. Um, he no. wasn't breathing, so I didn't want to put him out. <laughs> So, yes, let's bring him out into the living room. Um, Pop him up. <laughs> but seriously, we found uh, a couple of vintage Barbie prints that mm. were beautifully framed in your bedroom that are gorgeous in your bedroom, but would look fantastic in your new living room. I have a Barbie thing because as a little boy growing up when I did, I wanted Barbies. I wasn't allowed to have Barbies. And so this is kind of my like revenge. So I've got these Barbie prints that are that are beautiful. But and you know what? The, this is what I'm talking about. Do you know how many? Do you know how many guys I've been having like you know a nice time with in the boudoir, and then they look up and they see Barbie prints? That doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work. So so it's been bugging me that that like you know I always see the look. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and, but but it's those little things along the way that are not making sense in your life. And, uh, and I, I said this earlier about the, the home being so important to you. I've never had a problem with my living quarters. I've always been comfortable in them. Um, but I don't think we, we've always discussed the importance of your space, the effect psychologically, spiritually, to your heart that it has on you. And I, I learned that by having a place that I was not enjoying one bit. Yeah, no, and I, and I find too that you know, when I wake up in the morning and, you know, it's clean and it it's spacious and I, I really love how it looks, 
I mean, I feel really good. I mean, it definitely affects how I feel. I want to go and get flowers or plants mm. and fill it with life. I mean, when my place is a mess or I don't like it, I don't want to, I really don't want to be there. Well, and as I said, I've never had a problem with my home. So having someone come in and tell me what to do uh, was my yes. Was my yes. I would never have said yes to that at all, at all, ever, especially because we didn't plan it. No. Yeah. Nine and a half hours later. Yeah. No, it was about two hours, right? Yeah, about, about hours. that. Yeah, yeah. long hours. <laughs> <laughs> but I think everyone can do this because, you know, have a friend that, you know, yes. partner up. You know, they come over to your place. They see it with fresh eyes. You do the same. A friend with taste. A friend with, with taste. taste. Yes, and yes. no emotional attachment to your things. Who's going to be honest yes. with you. Okay. Because I feel like even if you have beautiful things and you have good taste, you still sometimes, you're blinded by it when you see it every day and you live in yep. it every day and, and you need some fresh eyes and yep. a fresh take on things. And that, that helps. Any more tips before we go? Go to findandandywallpaper.com. Um, well, even just like in your, in your apartment, right? There were certain colors on the walls that really were Juvenile amazing. was the word. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, but like there was like the, like really rich, beautiful colors. Mm. And there was just a couple of colors that now with the mural up, because that's really a focal point in your room. Flashing. If you just painted the other brighter colors out white, and put the art that you have in your room. I've already bought the white paint. Oh, did you? <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, yeah, yes. That's great. Yeah. So I, I can't wait to see it. I think it'll really be dramatic. I, I say thank you again uh, for, for making such a great change. And I say to you listening, if you're like me and you're stubborn or prideful and someone's got a suggestion for you this summer, say yes. Say yes to the rendezvous, the invitations, the challenges, everything that comes your way and watch how that makes a big change in your life. Fineanddandycompany.com is where you go. Look for the, the, the mural called Bustle in pink in the lookbook. That's what I bought. Thank you guys Thank so much. You've got the Shumper Show you. here on SiriusXM Canada Talks, Channel 167. I'm glad you're here. You were perfectly formed for the season. You were wonderfully made. Marvelous, amorous, glorious, victorious. Welcome back to the Sean Prue Show on Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. Here's Sean Prue. Here I am, and I'm welcoming you back to another summer of yes here on the Sean Prue Show. We believe saying yes to any point in the year is a good idea because it brings more yes uh, solution, uh, good news, happy times into your life. Uh, I started saying yes uh, to summer, uh, to things all summer long uh, about four years ago, and I had the best summer I ever had. And so now we celebrate uh, Summer of Yes here on the show by bringing in people like my next guest who have uh, taken bold steps in their lives. And I always like talking to artists for this reason. Karen Klukowitz is an artist. She's a painter uh, that I've known for so many um, years now. You, you paint the most vivid, emotional, sexy pieces. Thank you. And I always applaud artists uh, for, for just going out and doing what they are doing because you've got so many things, as I said to Farley Chato, a recent guest, stacked against you. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, self-belief. Uh, will anyone buy your product? Uh, do I deserve my success? And uh, a society really that says that creative people should not be making money. Uh, we don't support creative people the way we support other industries. And, and so I just want to say to you, welcome to the show. Thank you. And thanks for saying yes to this. <laughs> my pleasure. And this idea of you being an artist uh, and you actually doing the art began when? When did you say yes? Um, probably about three years ago yeah. is when I put it all in motion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what made you take that turn? Uh, there were a number of things going on. I, I was working in interior design, have been doing that and transitioning out of it for the last three years. Um, I think it was just a series of events and uh, my age even that made me think I really needed to get back 24. to my art. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I needed to get back to my art and uh, do something with it. You said get back to your art. Um, I think a lot of people have that knowing at a certain point in their lives that they're good at something, that they love doing something, and then they go in a different direction. Right. Because I know I did. I had to get back to being creative after being uh, in finance for eight years and doing absolutely not one creative thing. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of a, a calling for me. Was it a calling for you? Uh, it always has been. I've always incorporated art into my life, so I have consistently painted or drawn through the years. Um, many of the projects that I worked on in interior design and advertising and marketing before that, um, I always included illustration mm. or art in some fashion. And so uh, it's one thing to have um, a career in interior design, which is, is very creative, but it's not quite the same thing as transitioning out of. No. And I think this is a time when people are transitioning out of things that are not serving them anymore or just aren't up, amped up to the passion level right. that they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what did you, you said a series of events So uh, my mother was very ill. I had um, ended a business partnership that was going on for many years um, in interior design, and I had to make some decisions around that and um, was working on my own for a while in interiors and wasn't feeling it progressing. I was feeling not as much joy in it, I would say, as I do with the art. And and so when you first thought, okay, well, I'm going to be an artist, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to this, did it scare you? Um, I think that um, art speaks to everybody and different art to different people. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, my work has a message that I want to share. And so I think that it will find its audience or the audience will find it. Did you think that right away, though? Um, probably that's the not. Truth. That's yeah. the truth. Yeah. That's the truth. Probably not. I, I just, uh, knew I needed to try it, that it, it, I had held back from it for so many years that I needed to go back and, and try and work something out with it. What did you do? Did you have people have, um, did you have the peanut gallery? I was going to say something ruder. <laughs> did you have the peanut gallery of doubters? I still have. You still I do. still have people, My one of my brothers asking me if um, when I'm going to get a real job. Yes. Uh, but I, it's been like that for years because I've always been in my own business. 
And so what do you what do you say to people listening to this who uh, have that brother or that mother or whoever saying you shouldn't? What about your retirement? What about this? What about that? (laughs) I think you have to consider that you always have to educate people. You can't get around that. Um, There are some things that are intangible to others. And um, for me, it's it's a constant education for them as well. You, 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 that's a very nice way of saying. <laughs> Sometimes you got to clobber them over the head. Uh, yeah, yeah, of and course. It's a different way to do things. <laughs> yeah. But did, did you have a, uh, had ex, have you had experiences in the last three years you've been doing this where you just couldn't be so, you know, you said that in a very nice packaged way, mm-hmm. but where you're tearing your hair out. Absolutely. Tearing your hair out. Right. Trying to find a place to live. Yes. (laughs) You know, it's very difficult because um, while there are some people that understand and and respect the um, industry of artists, etc., many are very doubtful as to whether, you know, you can pay the rent. You can do things like that. So um, getting financing of any sort can be very difficult. So do you battle with anything like ageism? self-ageism in this because you are when I started what I was what I love doing now I felt as late it late in life to do it I wish mm-hmm. it started earlier and you're at a stage in life where you're totally reinventing yourself do you do you put that up as um, a challenge in your own world like you're, I'm at a certain age why am I doing this now it's too late I really haven't you have not no I, I just, it feels right to me, and everything that I've done in the three years have supported it. So I really don't, I don't worry about that. I don't worry about age as a, mm. you know, what's the word? I, I guess it's, it's something you said about, you know, finding a place to live and that sort of stuff. I know a lot of people by a certain age, 30, I should have this done, 40, I mm. should have accomplished this, 50. And so, but when you're an artist or when you're transitioning out of something into uh, art, or anything that you love doing, you have to give up all those little ideas right. about where you should be because you're starting again, really. Right. And I guess that I've never really been a planner, so I think that worked in my that favor. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I and I plan to a certain extent now, but not to those kinds of levels and to the ideals of others. I mean, I try to find what is going to make me happy and where I need to be to do that. You mentioned uh, that, that um, your work has a message. Mm-hmm. How important is the notion that what you do should serve or or have a message, whatever it is you do, for it to work? It really is important to me. Um, what intention? My intentions are for people to get information from it and use the art that I do as catalysts for conversations with their own partners and or and or just general relationships. Um, so it's important for me to, for them to get messages, although I recognize that sometimes people just like art and they don't know why. Because right? I think when you talk about the relationships, one thing that's important that we, we talk about is nudity. Mm-hmm. A lot of you, most of your stuff that I've seen has been uh, people nude. It is always. So, so that's a choice. Yes. That's a uh, yes. Yes, very definitely. Um, and the reason I do that is so that it strips away any of the outer clothing, if you will, that we carry. And so that it becomes the essence of the figure that is to communicate my message to others. And hopefully people can get into it and relate. 
Same with the colors of the figures. What's your best piece of advice for people listening to this who uh, have learned about an artist who boldly left a career and and, uh, has a message to share with her art? what, what, What do you say to them? Well, I live by you never know and what's the worst that can happen. And so if I face what's the worst that can happen for me, then I always know I can deal with it in the end. Karen Klikowitz, we can find your art at what website? Artbyk2.com or by my name, KarenKlukowicz.com. And on Instagram, you're there every at day. At K2Chats. I want you all to check out this beautiful woman's beautiful art because it's got so much soul and meaning to it. I wish you success and joy and, and lots of uh, good clients. Thank you so much. Find <laughs> <laughs> lots of art along uh-huh. the way. We've got Thank the Sean Prue Show here on SiriusXM Canada Talks Channel 167 saying yes all the time, all summer long. Marvelous, amorous, glorious, victorious